They say the greatest gift that you can receive is life. But in life, there will always be a struggle. No one on earth can hide from the struggle. That struggle can be dark and lonely at times. And it may feel that we can't see the light. But we were not put on this earth to struggle. We were put on this earth to be the light and show the light. Today, we call this fight from the struggle to the light, the grind. And in any struggle, you need the tools and strategies to win. That's what the Daily Grind Podcast is all about. It's about equipping yourself with the tools and strategies from others just like you that fought that fight and were victorious in their grind. So listen up. You might hear that golden tool or strategy that's going to help you in your daily grind to be that light. Hey, what's up, Daily Grind fam? It's Dale here, and I have a special interview today. First of all, this person is just uh, amazing, and she's going to bring so much energy today because her team won last night, and it's just going to be a, a just an epic episode. So I have Leslie Erbus with me today. She is a registered dietitian and personal trainer, and she has an amazing business to really help her clients, you know, reach their goals, um, also their, you know, their fitness and nutrition goals, but also optimize their daily grind. So Leslie, hey, welcome to the show. Say what's up to everybody. Hey there, what's up? So Leslie, tell us a little bit about your business and what you do and how you help people in your business. Yeah. So, you know, my little elevator pitch, as I like to call it, states that I help committed, busy individuals to lose weight remove emotional eating tethers, and reduce disease-inducing patterns so they can live shame and guilt-free lives, margarita in hand, in the body they love, without a restrictive diet. So ultimately, what I do is I teach mindset dieting and nutrition and fitness through that way. So you get the life you want with the nutrition and fitness catered to you instead of building your life around a written piece of paper diet. Love it. Love it. You said mindset dieting, and that's that's something new um, I want to definitely dive into today. So what is kind of your process with this mindset dieting that you take clients through to really optimize their bodies and their lives for their daily grind? Is there a certain process that you have or what do you do yourself? Yeah. So it's kind of like a three-piece process. We start with the number one thing being really viewing how we're viewing ourselves. Like, how do we look at ourselves? How do we talk to ourselves in the mirror? How do we view diet? How do we view exercise? Um, The good, the bad, the ugly with those things. And then the second piece really being, you know, actually looking at you instead of, okay, I know I need to lose weight. So let me go to keto and you viewing diet and you viewing the solution. Instead, what I do is I look at you like, what is your past medical history? If you know your family history, what's your family history? What are your goals? What are, what's the way you want to live? And then, of course, you know, a little bit of what is your dieting history? So we can formulate a plan, quote unquote, for you that's actually made for you and works for you. And the third piece of that really ties into the types of days that you have. So what I mean by that is not like, okay, here's Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. What I mean is, if we were to grade ourselves on our days, just like we would get grades in grade school, right? 
And A would be like, woohoo, we are having a great day, right? Everything's working perfectly, just like we love it, you know? But then there's those B game days where it's like, I didn't get enough sleep. And so I sleep in a little bit more, or I forget my lunchbox, or I forget that I'm supposed to actually be going out to eat at this restaurant. And I was thinking that I was going to go to the gym instead or whatever, you know, and then the C game days or the D game days where it's like, I got a flat tire or I wound up with more meetings than I expected, which is good and bad thing. Right. And then, you know, the F game days where nothing goes your way. And then the last day I kind of talk about is like a V game day where you're on your vacation, right? We all plan a diet based on the A game day. And really what mindset dieting does is it allows you to live your life always on, quote unquote, a diet, which is really just everything you eat in the day and getting the results you want without shame, without guilt, without the, oh, I made a mistake and now I'm out of ketosis, without the, oh, crud, I just tracked my macros wrong and I actually can only eat protein for the rest of the day and it's 12 o'clock in the afternoon. So instead of having those, you know, checks and balances, it's more of an internal process that yields you the freedom that you want. Love it. Love it. So you have this, this process starts with more of that, that snapshot, like a kind of like a bird's eye view, right? Like to like your, your life and what you're, what you do and how you um, think of dieting to fuel your daily grind. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. So I work a lot with business owners who, you know, don't have a fluid schedule, right? You don't have, you know, like I go to work at nine, I leave at five, I get lunch from X to Y, whatever, right? Right. So with people like this, busy individuals, you don't have the same day. So you can't process the same thing. And you also have those things where it's like, maybe you're a public speaker, maybe you go places, or maybe you're, you know, really up leveled in your business now. And now you're traveling more or going to more corporations or, you know, getting out of the things that you were doing before. And so it's really taking you at the heart of the diet and what you want the picture to look like. Not, okay, in 10 years from now, I'm going to love to be counting my macros still and be like, I'm a 10-year macro counter versus, yeah, I eat what I want. I love what I eat. I have the body that I want. I feel great. I have the energy. The picture that we want is typically not provided to us from the standard piece of paper diet that we view we need to do in order to get a result. Nice, nice. You're, you're absolutely right about counting macros. Someone that's done like the the shows, I've done a couple of physique shows. I hated it, man. I hated counting those macros for so long and so many weeks and like, and doing like all that preparation for just that one part of the day. If I look back at it, I'm like, I was really like in a prison. Like it, it was horrible. Like every single day having to you know, measure all that out just for that one, that one day, actually not even like one day. It was kind of like, it was like three hours really. Cause then after that I went and ate like Buffalo wild wings and just enjoyed my life. Right. But that was that time that was that goal. And I thought that was the only way to really get in shape was to really count those macros to that, to get in that peak physique. And that's what it was. But I like that. I like that a lot. So what really fueled you to really figure out this process and also like just create this business as a whole? My first piece would be, you know, when I was in high school, 
within that first week of, of going to high school, I had met a girl. Um, I went to an all-girl high school in St. Louis, Missouri. I swear, it's completely normal. It was not a boring school. But I always preface that because everybody's like, oh, she met a girl, right? No, not really. Um, anyways, just, uh, I laugh to digress. But so she and I, we, we just started off. We had a lot of classes together. I had fun with her. And I asked her what she was doing that weekend. And she was like, lovely, I'm really sorry. Like, I have fun with you in class and you're a really cool person. But we can't hang out because you're not skinny enough to hang out with us. You're not like skinny or pretty enough. What? Did she say that? Yeah. She said so that to I, your I, face? Yeah. So I, was, I, was, oh, I mean, I give her props for up. being honest. Like, I mean, good for her for being honest and having the, you know, ability to say that, right? Like, I would have never said that. However, you know, that, that's a different thing that is a, you know, totally different role in life. But so, yeah, she had said that. And my, my softball coach, I was an avid softball player, also said to me that there was no way I'd play varsity softball because I was not skinny enough. And I couldn't pounce, quote unquote, fast enough. And she loved to make people slap bunt. Um, if you don't know what that is, you have to just Google it because it's really hard to explain. But I was not a fast runner. I wasn't a fast runner. I was strong, but I wasn't a fast runner. So she also basically told me my weight was an inhibitor. And I let that affect me for my first year. And my sophomore year of high school, I decided that I wasn't going to let this control me. And I, right, right after I turned 16, so sophomore year in October, I looked at my mom and I was like, I'm going to wake up every day from now on at 5am and work out. And I kid you not, I did it. My mom did it with me. We would like walk in the front room to like walk away the pound tape old school videos, you know, stuff like that. She would walk, I would run in place. And yeah, so that became my, my love. And I have avidly done that every single day. But when I went into college, I still could feel myself represented as the fat girl, the not pretty girl, the girl that didn't get the friends or that people didn't really want to pay attention to from that, you know, first week of freshman, you know, year. And so I brought that to college. And as I, I took my first nutrition class um, in my first year, I processed, like, how am I going to be a good dietitian if this is the way I'm living? You know, the joke that we were taught in school, which isn't really a joke, but it is semi-true, is why does somebody become a dietitian? Do they have disordered eating? So they want to become a dietitian? Or does being a dietitian cause you to have disordered eating? Because we learn so much about food, things that, you know, like I can tell you exactly how a carbohydrate breaks down from beginning to end and exactly what it's doing on the inside, right? So because we have that information, I thought, okay, I need to be representing who I am and what I want to do because I knew I wanted to be a dietitian. And I really started to examine who I was, was on the inside and I started to change how I viewed myself and how I looked at myself and slowly, little by little with the exercise and the diet changes I had, I, and after getting over, you know, like any of the disordered eating that I had had from that moment, I processed that this was a pretty cool thing I did, but I didn't, I didn't understand what I did. I didn't understand that I changed myself and changed my dieting perspective until I joined the Navy in 2009. And when I was away from my family for the first time, ever for longer than three weeks, um, on the fourth week of the school, I literally had a breakdown. Like I could not stop crying on that first Monday um, of the fourth week in officer development school in Rhode Island. And my senior chief at the time had no idea what to do with me. He was like, who is this girl? Why will she not stop crying? She's got to stop. 
about Uh-oh. two hours into the day. I know, right? The, we weren't allowed to have cell phones. So he asked the division officer, the person in charge of me, if she would take me somewhere. And so she just handed me her cell phone and was like, call whoever you need to call. And so I did. I called my mom. I'm still surprised to this day she answered it because it was just a random 757 number, not even where I was or anything. And um, she answered. I just cried to her and cried to her and cried to her. And I eventually calmed down. But from that moment forward, all I wanted was a piece of chocolate. Like all I wanted was chocolate. But I was stuck in the school. We had no caffeine, no chocolate, no desserts, no snacks. You know, we got three meals a day. We couldn't talk to people during the meals. Like, you know, regimented military routine, right? Right. And, you know, I just had to sit with myself. And after 72 hours of just desiring this piece of chocolate so much, I processed. I want it because when I was little and we would get hurt, my mom would give us chocolate or some sort of sweet that would also be represented. As she gave us a Band-Aid and the love, we got a piece of chocolate, right? So ideally, because I was hurting and missing my family, my brain was trying to get me to get that chocolate to ease that pain, right? And so that really solidified more of this mindset piece. And as I began to work as a dietitian, you know, I did what everybody does, right? I I do what, you know, you're like, oh, I hired a nutrition coach. Oh, I have a meal plan. You know, I have this, you know, plan where they told me what I have to eat and when, right? We give you this piece of paper that doesn't mean anything to you that you're just supposed to adapt your life to. And you're like, yeah, that's not going to happen. You know, you have to adapt your life when you get a kid coming out because that kid is screaming at you, like something has to change. But that piece of paper doesn't scream at you, doesn't stop you from getting the ice cream. Right. So it really got me to think of what really has to happen is you have to change these people's mindsets. So when I processed what I did, I, you know, I learned what my mindset dieting was and I've adapted my own style to use it. And that's really how I train people. And I think all three of those things is really what curtailed me to get this system and to stop giving people that same, you know, well, we can count macros or we can do this, or I can give you a plan or, you know, my favorite is when people are just like, you just tell me what to eat and I'll do it. No, no, you won't. Like, I know you think that you will, but you really won't. (laughs) So yeah, that's kind of how I got to where I am now. Hey, are you liking this episode so far? If you're looking for more tools and strategies to help you on your daily grind, check out thedailygrind.com. The Daily Grind is not just a podcast. It's a community of high performers seeking to become their best self on a daily basis. Go check out thedailygrind.com and start taking action to achieve your best self today. As a society, we're starting to look more with, about the mental and emotional side of eating. Um, now, like you have like Noom. I don't know how you feel about Noom that like you see those commercials all the time. I'm not opposed to Noom. The thought process behind Noom is, is that you typically probably have someone that has a certification in nutrition helping you. And mm, it's still going to okay. be the basic things. Plus, Noom does, while they give you feedback, it's, it's not changing who you are. There's some key elements that you really have to get to. So the best way for me to explain this from a diet perspective is let's say you are a religion or you aren't a religion. When somebody says, oh, do you believe in God? You either say yes or no, or I'm a Christian or I'm Jewish or I'm Catholic or I'm whatever, right? Right. And when somebody says, why are you? Typically, if you don't, if you haven't personalized it, you're like, I don't know, I was born and raised that, right? So everything that you do, the dieting you have, if your mom was a chronic dieter, you're a chronic dieter because that's what you watch. If your mom constantly paid attention to the scale, 
if your dad was constantly, you know, looking in the mirror at his, you know, six pack, that's something that represented to you. Is you, Was your family a sports player? Then you play sports, right? And maybe there's that little bit in between where it's like, no, my parents were like that. So now your belief is because you didn't want to be like them. I am not a sports player, but you could be really good at it, right? right. So when you look at it from that perspective, Noom isn't teaching you that piece of like, your brain, every time you start a diet, every new year, every new month, every new thing you try, you're like, this is going to be it. You're coming as the same person you were before in the last thing that you tried, trying to get a different result. If you don't change who you are and the, the way that you're thinking about this, you'll wind up with the same result. Even if it is, oh, it does give me results, but then, you know, six months or a year or two years later, it's like, okay, I'm sitting back where I was before. What the heck happened? Nice, nice. So who really holds you accountable to your mission and your clients? Like, what's that What's that accountability piece that's there? I'd say a good piece of this is myself. I hold myself accountable. Um, I do have a lot of good check-in, check-out systems. This year, I personally started a journal that like every morning I set intentions. And at the end of that day, I actually go back and I look at the intentions and see if I followed through um, and see where, you know, I could improve, right? I came up with that myself. I really like the system of, of doing that. I have similar check-in, check-out systems for some of my clients, but I also have coaches, right? My biggest thing, and you know, everybody's like, okay, well, tell me what you do for dieting and I'll just do what you do, right? I don't want to hire you. I don't want to work with you because then I got to pay money, right? So I just want to know what you do. And my biggest thing is, you know, I have coaches that help me. I have a couple of coaches actually, and I don't ever feel guilty for having multiple coaches or multiple sources of people to talk to because the big people out there that make the changes in this world have multiple coaches, right? You know, you don't look at Tom Brady and think he has one coach. There's more than that on the field. You don't look at, you know, since you brought it up, you know, the Georgia game in the beginning, you don't look at the Georgia players and think they only have one coach. They have multiple coaches and they're also, you know, helping each other as a team, right? So the thought process is, you know, who holds me accountable to my mission? Who holds me accountable? Number one is me, right? Because ultimately, you know, that person that wins the game is the person that didn't give up, that doesn't view the mistake he made as, you know, the reason why they fail. Instead, he's like, okay, I made a mistake. I'm going to go fix it, right? Uh, forget the mistake. I'm going to go in there and I'm still going to win this game, right? You know, that's the difference between like our Michael Jordans and people that, you know, we don't remember playing basketball. Right. So that's my big piece there. So I hold myself there, but I also have coaches. And then I do have what I would call, I guess, accountability buddies, because that's what people are. People that are, you know, similar in some of the coaching programs that I am. And we talk to each other and hold each other accountable, too. So I guess I would say I have quite a few systems in place to hold me accountable. Love it. Love it. So you're in your business. You are a client is doing their thing moving forward. You say you got a lot of check-ins and like... A lot of check-ins for yourself, but how do you kind of teach your check-ins to see if, to make sure that you're like still going on the right path? And if you're not, how do you make that tweak? How do you make that kind of that pivot? I've done a lot of work using like universal laws and learning like, you know, you are your own cause and effect. So a lot of times I, you know, review at the end of the day, like with that intention, if I set the intention, like in this this podcast was in my intentions, right? So 
I wanted to come authentic. I wanted to come in my own feelings and feeling like saying the things that I think your audience needs to help them, right? So that's what I wanted to come at. At the end of the day, I'm going to go back. I'm going to look. Did I feel like I did that? Or did I feel like I missed the mark? Or, you know, did I allow some sort of feeling or trigger or something set me off? And then I missed my message, right? So that's a really good way I do it. Like, did I hold myself accountable? And if I didn't, what was the real cause behind it? So that's what I do personally. For my clients, I have quite a little bit different of a check-in especially because not all of them are, I mean, they're not working with me for business purposes. They're working with me for health purposes, but there's still that check-in check-out system that they can utilize. Cool. So for the audience, if there was like that one thing you really want them to hear right now, what would that be? From a nutrition perspective, because that's what I call myself first as a registered dietitian. If you really want to lose weight, remove emotional eating tethers or reduce a disease or be healthier and actually be present in your business. When you think I'm going to do X, Y, or Z to get myself to where I need to be health-wise, I want you to then ask yourself, can I see myself doing this for life? Very similar to how you said, you know, you counted the macros for the goal of the physique, right? right? That was the goal. You were okay with doing that. That was what it was purposely. But right now, you don't have a desire to count macros for the rest nope. of your life. Nope. So if you, right. So if you were to say, you know, I really want to lose 10 pounds, I'm going to count macros. My answer to you would be like, why? So you can lose the 10 pounds, stop counting the macros and gain the 10 pounds back, like save yourself the stress. Right. Right. So I always tell people, if you can't see yourself doing it for life, don't start it. Don't, you know, if it's, if it's a nutrition, a fitness change, And everybody, you know, they're like, oh, it's not a diet. It's a lifestyle. No, because I couldn't see myself using these, you know, portion controlled containers for the rest of my life. I'm not bringing them on vacation with me. Right. Right. So ask yourself that question. Can you see yourself doing this even on the days that you're like, F it. And if you can't, that's not going to be the solution that sticks for you. Love it. Hey, so if someone wanted to get a hold of you or see more about your business, Tell them where to go. So you can always head to my website. It's Leslie, L-E-S-L-I-E, Urbis, U-R-B-A-S dot com. Or I do run a Facebook group if people are on Facebook. Um, and that is called Weight Loss and Wellbeing for High Performers. And then, of course, you can just look up my name and you'll find me. I think I'm the only Leslie Urbis out there right now. Love it. Love it. And I'll have all those links in the show notes as well. Hey, Daily Grind fam, there's been a whole bunch of golden nuggets in this conversation, especially how you can fuel your body to really have that long-term success in your daily grind. And um, your your process is just golden, man. Everything is just golden. I got a whole bunch of notes here on my little whiteboard as well for from this episode. But hey, guys, you know the drill. Like You can't just get all these golden nuggets and be like, hey, this is great, right? You got to make sure that you are taking action and moving forward when it comes to your daily grind. So make sure you take that action with these golden nuggets and continue to progress and optimize your daily grind. Leslie, thank you so much for coming on the show. Greatly appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Hey, daily grind, start taking action and we will talk to you guys later. See ya. Wow, what an amazing episode. Definitely brought all the tools and strategies to help you on your daily grind. Now, can I ask you for a quick favor? If you like this episode, please leave a review. 
Tell people how this episode helped you with your daily grind. And don't forget to take action with all these tools and strategies to help you with your daily grind today. We can have all the knowledge and tools, but if we're not actually taking action with that knowledge and tools, it doesn't mean anything. So most importantly, take that action towards your daily grind and start creating the life of your dreams. If you're looking for a little bit more help with that, make sure you check out thedailygrind.com, thedailygrind.com, and check out the show notes for all the links and start working on your daily grind today. 